1: Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I am Kathy Biasa, your host, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Today on the Health Hub, we welcome Jeremy Grader and Zach Tucker, hosts of the podcast, The Fit Mess. They are not health gurus, they don't claim to be experts in any way, shape or form, and they don't make a living as trainers. They are two guys that have figured out how to make it work, and sometimes those are the very people that we need to hear of for our own motivation and for building a pathway to good health. Zach Tucker and Jeremy Greater are the founders, as mentioned, of The Fit Mess. For nearly a decade, they have pushed themselves to learn more about their own physical, emotional, and mental health. This has created a passion for using their acquired knowledge to help others. As hosts of the show since 2017, they have had the opportunity to speak with a wide range of guests, including some of the biggest names in the health and wellness industry. Here are just a few things you will take away from this podcast. That micro adjustments are needed for macro benefits. Struggling is always a part of the journey and your path to better health is your own to discover a really fun podcast. These guys are really great to listen to. We will be back just in just a few minutes to speak with Jeremy and Zach.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi.
1: Jeremy and Zach, welcome to the show. Everybody, just a quick reminder that today's show has been taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Um, Please do follow us on our social sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all those occasions. Sorry about that interruption. Jeremy and Zach, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Uh, We're very honored to be here.
1: Thank you. Well, with this podcast, we are coming, you know, from a different angle. So you guys are not, uh, you know, you're not experts in health, you're not, you know, you're not practicing trainers, you're not gurus, you're a couple of guys who have sat and spewed honesty about all aspects of health. And I think that, you know, sometimes, and lots of your podcast is quite successful. So a lot of people want to hear from the average Joe like us, you know, what is really going on. And, you know, we have the, the ideals and everything thrown out there by all the experts, but I think it's really great when we can identify with someone out there who's really just trying to be the best they can be each and every day. So um, great to have you. What, what aspect of the podcast keeps you going each week?
2: Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think for me, it's, there's there's two pieces really like largely it's uh, an exercise in narcissism it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's uh, a it keeps me accountable right like if I show up and talk about things that I'm not doing if I'm not walking the walk then I feel like a hypocrite and I and it just doesn't it isn't right so it's a great tool just to check in you know even if it's just Zach as my friend going to him and saying oh man this week I just did a terrible job I I fell short on all these goals I didn't do these things and then he's always quick to remind me that yeah dude you're human that that's part of the process. It's okay. Today's day one again, and it's better to have a thousand day ones than, you know, a a thousand one days. So uh, that's a big part of it. But then also I remember what it was like when I started on this seven or eight years ago, maybe we're up to 10. It's been a while since we Mm -hmm. sort of started on this health journey, this wellness journey, but Mm -hmm. it was a very lonely place when you, when you start out and you don't know where to go, you don't have the tools, you don't have the resources, you feel like you're the only one struggling and you know, everything on Instagram is perfect and shiny mm-hmm. and everyone's doing these awesome things. And you're just like, oh, why can't I get my act together? Well, it's because most of us can't, it's really hard. And you have to sort of do it one small step at a time. So I I just think there's a ton of value in, in being the guys that are a couple steps ahead of people on this journey. And, and rather than shouting from the top of the mountain, how to get there, we're just, you know, around the corner on the trail saying, come this way. And, and I think there's just a ton of value in that for people that are trying to figure out how to take better care of themselves.
1: A hundred percent. Zach, same with you, or do you have a whole different motivation for this?
2: Uh
3: mostly the same. I mean, there, there's an accountability factor, right? We, we talk to all of these, these people who are experts um, in their particular field and I'm trying to become an expert in my own health, right? I won't claim to be an expert in anyone else's. So it's, it is really great to just have that accountability that as Jeremy said, walk the walk. Um, and it, you know, makes me feel good though. Like to help other people, I think. You know, the, the very first time we got a comment or an email that said, "Hey, I listened to your show and I learned this thing," and it kind of led to opening up these other three doors, and it changed my life. Like, you know, that was just. The, I wrote on that for like six or eight months. I don't know about Jeremy, but it was. It <laughs> I'm was still on that. It. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> you know, to make impact on one person, I, I had a guest one time. Oh, really? Earlier on in the in my my tenure. And he said, if you can impact one person positively, you've lived a good life. So there you go. Yeah. I think it's very, very important. Are you guys, do you touch on all aspects of health? You, know, you, you come to the show with your personal bent. Is that right? So every day you come on to there, every week you come onto the show and you talk about a health issue or how do you, we'll do a PSA for the podcast. Let's do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how does it work? So we kind of explore everything in and around physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, um, everything that makes us uh, human beings and healthy and living a good life. Um, we want to be happy in all aspects of our life. So we, you know, we we touch on things like meditation. We touch on things like physical exercise. We touch on emotional health and how to understand our emotions. We touch on how to be How to be men in a, in a society where we are supposed to be masculine, but bring in the feminine side. Um, we touch on kind of everything because the battle of being happy, healthy is that you have to do a thousand little things, right? Obviously not all at once. You start small and you, you know, you pile them on, but you know, as a complete human being, you really want to be looking at physical health, mental health, emotional health, all of these things and the, all of the little bits and pieces that help you get there. So that's really, you know, this sounds really weird. That's our focus, that really broad brush of all the things that keep us healthy and happy.
2: Well, if I can add on to that, it's, we also recognize that as of today, we've published 160 some episodes, right? There's a ton, a ton of options. We do not do all 162 or three, whatever things it is. We don't do all of them, mm-hmm. but but they are ideas, any one of them could be the door that opens up a path to three more options that opens up a path to five more options and so we just love exploring anything that might help somebody i mean in, you know in our cases it was it was one thing that that set us on a new course you know for me it was a knee injury that turned into a bike ride that turned into learning about meditation that turned into you know a decade of a pursuit of all things that could help me be better so if we can introduce somebody to one idea that maybe they haven't heard before or that they've heard in a way that they needed to hear at that time in that way, that set them on a path to discovering what else it took to go, you know, another level up. Then that's what it's all about. It's just trying to show them that one door that could open up their world to something completely new.
1: Zach, did you have an issue that you were dealing with as well that you came? Have you guys been friends forever? Or
3: uh, no, we, Jeremy and I met um, about years eleven. Ago. Uh, yeah about twelve years ago when when our our wives were were pregnant with with both of our first daughters um but i I actually started my my issue that kind of got me going was oh my gosh over twenty years ago i i feel i feel a little old saying anything was over twenty years ago but yes my you know my i i think it was about twenty almost exactly twenty one years ago now I was almost three hundred pounds smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. Drank a two liter of Mountain Dew every day, ate at McDonald's every single day. Um, Just incredibly unhealthy. On top of the fact that I had 20 years of just a traumatic childhood, uh, traumatic, you know, young man time that, you know, spent time in and out of jail. Just very, very mentally unhealthy, physically unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy. So I was kind of at that low point. Um, And it was it was actually I got out of college. And I went to my first job interview and I got the job, but I didn't want to smell like cigarette smoke when I went to the interview. So I put a nicotine patch on that day. Um, So the guy who interviewed me had no idea. I smoked my first day of work. I walked in and he was like, oh, you smoke. I would have never hired you if I'd known you smoked. And that kind of like hit me in the gut, my really large gut at the time, um, (laughs) as a, you know, this is going to get in the way of my professional career. So that was kind of my first wake up moment. So I was able to quit smoking, which was still the hardest thing I've ever done. And then, and then they were, they announced at work my first job and I wanted to be a social butterfly that they were going to run a 5k in the summertime as a company. I was like, Oh, I can, I could do that. I mean, how hard is a 5k? Can't be that hard out of shape. Um, So I went and started running at a local YMCA that had an indoor gym or an indoor track. And it was nine laps to a mile. And I made it around once and like fell over and was crying and just so out of shape. Um, But then the next day I did two and the next day I did three and the next day I did four. And sure enough, I ran that 5K and that was kind of my very first step because six months later, people were getting me um, like a runner's belt with for places for, you know, gels and Mm -hmm. water bottles for Christmas. And I was like, why am I getting these? Why would anyone get me running gear? What? Oh, wait a minute. I just ran a half marathon oh right i've been running now for six months i'm actually a runner and then from there it was just the next step and the next step and the next step and you know 20 years later uh met jeremy along the way and i am quite literally the happiest healthiest version i have ever been in my entire life at 43 right now
1: you know when you're we all have health issues and none of us are perfect for sure but um do you have a formula for the, you know, these micro bits that you're doing each and every day, or, you know, I know because, uh, and you're the same way, I'm sure you're exposed to so many different um, people that have so much different information. Uh, it can be overwhelming and uh, you can almost feel, and I'm sure the listeners are this way too, right? I mean, if, if anyone is trying to get into shape, into better health, mental, physical, and they go online, it's inundating, mm-hmm. So how have you managed, especially with all of the people that you hear things from, to cut through it all and make a, you know, a pattern or a consistent lifestyle that doesn't make you go insane? Mm-hmm.
2: I think the the easiest answer is that you have to experiment with all of it. And and I don't mean try it once and hate it and give up and walk away. I mean, try it and then try it a few more times. and try and find ways to enjoy it. So for some people, that's taking a walk, right? Like everybody can, you know, for the most part can put it on their shoes and, and go take a walk. And if you live in a beautiful place where that's fun, cool, start there. Just do that every day, do that every couple of days, whatever, whatever your schedule, whatever your time allows that, that opens you up to doing the thing that you enjoy and then see where it takes you that walk. Maybe it becomes, you know, maybe it's a 10 minute walk that turns into a 30 minute walk that turns into a half marathon in a year, you know, who knows? But the more that you enjoy the thing, the more you're going to do it. And so I've things that I never thought I would enjoy. I love cold water. I love cold water plunges. I live next to a river and I go in it as much as possible. I love laying down in the snow and covering myself in it because I just love what it does to my body. I love how it quiets the chaos and the anxiety and the depression in my head and just f- makes me focus on just surviving the next you know several minutes in, in this cold exposure. Uh so whatever, whatever. You're into if you like riding your bike. If you like going to the gym, do it. Whatever the thing is that you like, nobody's nobody's forcing anyone to go to a gym for an hour a day. Nobody's saying you have to go join CrossFit today and you know do what Zach does and get up at four thirty in the morning and go to the gym first thing. You don't have to do any of that. It just starts with something simple, some sort of movement. So and then you know look at, look at what you're eating and why you're eating. Get really curious about your choices. I know for me, this—I I don't know that I'll ever stop struggling with emotional eating. I know a lot of times that I, I bury my face in the pantry to deal with whatever you know uh, emotional issues I'm having that day, and I just have to, in those moments, try to force myself to get curious and ask myself, "Am I actually hungry, or am I frustrated because work's been hard? Am I frustrated because you know the kids are driving me crazy? Like whatever it is, the the combination of curiosity and and finding the things that you enjoy and putting them together." Is incredibly powerful. For me, I've for my entire life have hated going to the gym. I have not enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I had to find a coach that gave me a program that I liked. Part of the reason I hated going to the gym was that a lot of the workouts I was doing were these insane cardio workouts where I just felt like I wanted to die. And I, (laughs) why would I want to sign up and go and feel like that every day? That sounds horrible. And so it was never fun for me. The coach I'm working with now has given me a workout where. I work very hard. It is very strenuous, but I enjoy it because now instead of listening to you know a pre-recorded video, I'm listening to the music that I want to listen to. I'm going at my pace. I'm doing what's enjoyable for me, and it makes it easier to parent myself on days like this when I wake up and say, "I've got so much to do. I'm tired. I don't really want to go, but I know that tomorrow I'm going to feel better if I do, and I know that today is going to go better if I do." And so the the reward system has been built in by the fact that I found something I enjoy doing. And by just doing that over and over again, the habits start to stack up. The Mm -hmm. discipline starts to kick in. All of a sudden, the workout means I should pay a little more attention to what I'm eating because I want to fuel my body the right way. And then that spills over to, you know, am I managing my money the way I want to? Am I being the dad I want to be? Am I being the husband I want to be? That once you establish a baseline of discipline, there's this cascading effect that can happen where just every other aspect of your life, you start to get curious about where else can I implement this? And all of a sudden you find yourself becoming the grown up that, you know, you never knew was even possible for you to become because you just took a few steps and tried a few things and liked what you found.
1: I think the evolution of health, you know, outside of my house and inside my own house over the last, you know, 20 years, has been incredible. And I think uh, what you're saying is a testament to that. You know it, it, you were talking about all these things, and my mind for some reason went to intrinsic eating. And uh, I start seeing that. I work with cancer patients a lot, and you know, listeners, I know you've heard this a million times. but one of the first things that I have to do with a lot of of the people I work with is pull them back and say, Listen' be forgiving you can't do everything perfectly there's not one thing that's going to you know push you over the edge and there's not one thing that's going to save you it's a whole body a whole attitude approach and i think when people listen to you and and see how you do bit by bit by bit change it's not working and things are not always the same i can't imagine that what you're doing now you did 5 or 6 years ago like it evolves oh. right yeah. I mean,
2: just, to, just for example, the workout that I started last year literally started by me going to my calendar and putting on the calendar every day, the hour that I was going to spend in the gym, like it or not. I didn't go once for that entire week. But at the end of the week, I looked back at, the, at that calendar and said, I have no excuse. Mm-hmm. I have time. This is purely a mindset game. I'm convincing myself to not go every day. So then it became, okay, I'm going to put on the shoes. Literally putting the shoes on is what got me out the door. Getting me out the door is what got me to the front door of the gym. Honestly, the first day I didn't even go in. I got there and I went, you know what? This is better than yesterday. And then the next day I walked in. Just, I think I did like a 15, 20 minute kind of nothing work out, but it was it was just the building up the muscle, literally the, the the mindset muscle of I can go do this. And then by taking literally, I mean, you don't get much more micro than putting it on the calendar and not going. Mm-hmm. But that was enough to show me that I don't. I'm out of excuses. I'm literally negotiating with my goals, and I'm losing. So I had to make those changes to to take the actions that I told myself mattered to me. And the more that I did them, the more that I was convinced I was right, and and needed to keep showing up every day the best way that I could.
1: And, and asking the right questions to yourself. I mean, it's a mind game. How much of, of everything we do is a mind game? You, oh. you know, you got on the right shoulder, you should. And this is when the left shoulder, yeah, you don't need yeah. to. You can have a rest now. I mean, it's it's a constant state of negotiating, renegotiating, taking the small steps, stepping back. But I think one of the powerful things that that you guys are have both said is that by taking that risk, taking a small risk, things can build and build and build. Bills. And I think, you know, as just the evolution of my podcast, I see the individualization coming more and more to the forefront. You know, we know there are no diets that fit everybody, there's no one type of exercise, there are commonalities, sure. I mean, and, and what we want to do, we want to build muscle. um, But building muscle for one person, it doesn't have to be the same as the other person. So, you know, I think when people can identify with what you are doing, and they can step back and get a breath of fresh air that, you know, the road isn't paved perfectly to good health. I think it's, it's a great thing that you guys are doing for people.
3: yeah, I think one of the one of the things that I actually love um, having on a daily basis is being wrong. And mm-hmm. I know nobody likes to be wrong, right? You, everyone's got to be right. but for me, when I'm looking at my own health, you said it earlier, like you bet that we're not doing the same thing we were doing five years ago. That's absolutely right because I mean, I have a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Of what I can do for myself on a daily basis, so I'm constantly looking at, you know, is this the right way of eating for me? I think it is, but what if I'm wrong? Maybe it's not. You know, uh, you know, Jeremy and I both tried doing uh, delaying your caffeine, and for me, it actually is working really well and keeping my energy levels really well, really good um, by delaying caffeine for two hours. But for Jeremy, it was making him really, really. Sleepy, miserable. miserable. I was day. miserable. It was awful. Yeah. There's was nothing to, wrong with a cup of coffee nice.
1: first thing in the morning. Okay, <laughs> Some of us no. just need to ease into the day.
2: That's exactly. honestly yeah. true. Honestly, yeah. that is true. Biologically, there are there are people that react to caffeine delay differently. I thought it was great for me. I, I did it for years and I woke up every day going, oh my gosh, I'm miserable. This is awful. I just can't wait to get that cup of coffee. Right. And then I would suddenly feel great for about four hours. And then I would just need to keep feeding the beast all day with more caffeine which meant I was not sleeping well. Which meant I was waking up feeling awful, and this cycle kept continuing. So again, the coach I mentioned, I said, "You know, what do you think about that?" And he said, "Yeah, let's just have go ahead and have it first thing in the morning. Have only one or two cups. Don't go mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. but have it first thing. Let it kickstart the day and see what happens." Literally overnight, my my life changed. I woke up with energy. I started realizing I have so much energy. I can wake up even earlier now, and I can spend that time meditating, journaling, reading all these things that I always put off. These things that are, you know, I don't have time in my day because I'm putting out fires for people all day long. But because I made that one change, I questioned that one idea. It opened up my entire life to new possibilities and things that I kept putting off that I didn't think I would ever have time to to fit into my schedule.
1: Well, and, you know, look at that. We're going to, have to take a break so quickly, but I, I don't want to leave this point. You know, you bring up something that I, I see all the time is is becoming healthy, meaning you've got to limit and take away and be a miserable person. Uh, absolutely not. OK, so and Zach, you get up at 430 in the morning to go exercise. I got up at, at six today to, to exercise and my head is spinning. OK, my sweet spot is about quarter to 11. And that's when I, I really like to do it. But uh, time constraints and everything, and you both have kids right. and la-da-da. Da. Um, yeah. uh, there's no perfect road. And I think, oh. I mean, I love this conversation because it's like, you know, I, I, I want my caffeine. I'm not giving it up. Uh, caffeine, <laughs> you know, having no caffeine has been wonderful for me, but there is no road. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. And I want to talk about forgiveness and forgiving yourselves on the health journey. Well, everybody be back in just a minute? Welcome back. We're going to continue talking with uh, Zach and Jeremy. Um, to that end, at the end of our, uh, first, uh, second, so whatever you call it in, in our world segment of the show, um, we talked about there's no one path and we talked about what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. And for me, this revolves around the whole concept of forgiveness and you know, one of the mottos that I love is, you know, shoot for the stars and hope you clear the treetops. Um, do you think that we are too hard on ourselves? Do you think that we set goals that are determined by what we see on social media? What should be? What, what has been your experience?
3: Wow. Uh, yes. So I, I guess I could. The short answer is Yes. Um, we, we have, both of us have, have had lots of discussions around goals and the difference between achieving your goal and the journey of getting to your goal. And we, we found that if you set goals, like if, when you set a goal and you're just reaching for the goal and you're spending all of your time, not at that goal and, and, You're punishing yourself. Uh You're miserable with the fact that you're not at the goal as opposed to being happy with the progress and being okay with who you are and where you are and giving yourself forgiveness or self-compassion along the way. And we talk about it all the time where like you set your, if you set your goal for the moon and you don't make it, you're still going to be further along than you were yesterday or the month before. Like you're still going to make progress. Um, So, both of us are very, very big believers in the fact that like it's great to have a goal. It is wonderful to say, I want to be X or I want to do X, but to focus on the journey and where you are along the way and the progress that you've made. Like If you're 25% of the way there, look back and celebrate that 25%. Don't punish yourself for not having achieved the other 75%.
1: I mean, life is a journey, man. And if you can't, if you can't enjoy the process of the path you're going on, it's it's unfortunate. And I think, you know, I, we're probably, you know, we're the beginning sort of of the internet social media thing, you know, the last 10 years or so. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are influencers and there are people, and then we've developed in ourselves, even, even. You know, I know our kids are are subject to it too, the ideology of where we should be at, um, and this is why. You know, I think you guys, your voices need to be heard more because there is a logic that needs to be followed with everything, and I think the health journey is a huge part of that. Um, we we talked a little bit about goals changing. You know, you guys have kids. Um, is that my phone ringing? Interesting.
2: Uh, maybe it's
1: not mine. Yeah. Oh, not okay. Mine. I was. I, was <laughs> I don't. Didn't know my house phone rang. So <laughs> that's interesting. Um. Anyways, so you know, things change, um, and our focus changes, and it can't always be about ourselves. But you both have kids, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Do you? Did you find that when? you know you you had your child and they started developing that your reason for being healthy your reason for and your goals changed because of this little person in your life
2: uh, i would love that to be the reason but uh, again going back to my narcissistic tendency that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't as much about me as i was comfortable with so i had to i had to find something else uh, no, I mean, but p- part of it, of course. Like, uh, you know, I think in some ways, yes. Uh, going to the gym has nothing to do with my kids. Eating the right things has nothing to do with my kids. When it comes to my interactions with them, the way I manage myself emotionally, how authentic, how much I show them that I cry, that I that I have pain, uh, that I'm a human being with flaws, that. So much of it for me is trying to just break a bad cycle and trying to be the parent that I needed that I didn't have. Um, so it's, to me, it's not, uh, none of the health journey, like the physical health stuff has anything to do with making sure I'm around for my kids and my grandkids and all that stuff. I mean, I hear that all the time and, and good for the people that that drives them. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. For me, I just want my kids to know that when they're alone, when they're scared, when things are tough, that they have an ear with me. And I want them I want them to see me on my screen less than I am. Right. Like it's it kills me to to realize when I've been staring at my phone for an hour at home with my kids and I could have been spending that time with them. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things. Like, how can how can I show up better for them? How can I be a bigger part of their lives? How can they know? that they can trust me with their feelings and that I can help them navigate them because you know, I'm 40. Wow. I'm 46 now. I think that's the first time I've had to say that out loud <laughs> and I'm still figuring this stuff out. I don't want that for them. They, they are both more emotionally intelligent than I will probably ever be because there is more of an emphasis on that in, in, for the kids, for, for their generations. Uh, um, so no, I just I think want- it's a
1: lot of example too. I you know, I think if your kids see you struggle and you're doing your best, I, I think that that's a huge impact on them. I, I wouldn't put that all out to social media and the uh, intention, um, good intention for me and being authentic and open with your kids, no matter how badly you screw up, teaches them far more than a course on mental health or... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I give yourself a little bit more credit than saying that it's just uh, it's something more focused on now than it was before. I think in your own home, um, you know, what you do for your kids is probably undervalued.
2: Oh, yeah. I But but specifically the, the schools mm-hmm. that we put them in, the programs that they are exposed to did not exist when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Like Feelings were not something that were talked about when we were kids. It was it was arithmetic. It was reading. It was homework. Mm-hmm. And now it is social emotional intelligence how you know how are you feeling today what's going on and just creating space to explore that and allow it to be felt that it's one of my biggest shortcomings with my youngest daughter is that she tends to have her biggest emotional moments when there's no time for them and it's so hard because when there is time it's it's a lot easier to just sit with it and say what do you need right now do you need time do you need space what, you know how how can we manage this together But when it's happening and it's time to go or we miss the school bus, which means dad has to drive you to school and it's going to take an hour out of the day. Then the clock ticks against and you just feel this tug of war between time and their needs. And I hate it. It is so hard to to have to face the fact that I can't always manage it the way that I want to and be the dad that they need. Um, So that's one of my biggest struggles is just trying to to help them manage their emotions when I'm, you know, I got a late start on figuring it out for myself. And so uh, it's definitely one of the more challenging um, pieces of parenthood for me.
1: Hmm. And Zach, what about you?
2: Well, I, I, to, to Jeremy's earlier
3: point, I, to, I try and provide my daughter, you know, the, the upbringing that I didn't have. Um, I had, I had a very absent mother and a very um, father who was there was no emotions didn't exist as far as he was concerned. Um, so I, you know, I try very hard, like Jeremy said, to make sure that my daughter knows that I struggle, that like things don't just come naturally to me. Um, I'll never forget like this thought that I had when I was eight or nine years old. And it was something to the effect of I can't wait until I'm a grown up and I'll know everything and everything. I'll be able to figure everything out. Like it it just, you know, you become a grown up and every, and you know it all and everything works. And that was the, you know, that was the way my dad really portrayed everything, right? He never showed any, any vulnerability. He just, he made everything work. And man, that is not, that is not true because I am 43 and I don't have everything figured out and I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Uh, So, I really try and just show that to my daughter like. This is how we learn. This is how we grow. When you're in those moments of discomfort, when you're in those moments of frustration, that is the golden moment to learn. That is the moment to grow. And a lot of times when you're in that moment of frustration, it's emotional. Something emotional is happening. Um, So I really am doing my very best to give her the tools and techniques that I didn't have when I was growing up because I have severe anxiety. She has it as well. And you know, I, I actually, I am, I am the guy who eats healthy and goes to the gym and does all that stuff. So I can be here for as long as possible for my daughter. Cause she wrote on my whiteboard one day as I was working out, she, uh, she must've been maybe six or seven could barely write, but she wrote, love you. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> all she, That's all she wrote. <laughs> That's all she wrote. So I, you know, I, I, I really kicked it up a notch and I actually have a picture of that and it's on my wall. Like, you know, just as a, as a reminder to me of this kid wants you around for a long time and you have a big responsibility. So step up and make sure that you're around as long as possible for her. But yeah, to Jeremy's point, like setting that example mm-hmm. of what it's like to be a vulnerable human being is, is really my goal to show her that. This is okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be in pain. It's how you bounce back from that is what's going to make the difference.
1: That's absolutely right. Is if there is, you know, the, there's the mental, the physical, uh the spiritual aspect of health. Do you feel that you're well-rounded in all three or do you focus more on one over the other? What do you recommend for people, you know, you guys are telling them about your journey, what would you say are the the key steps? to being able to maintain uh, a healthy lifestyle without falling off the wagon, per se.
2: As someone who has managed uh, to to survive with depression for 46 years, I don't know that I have ever felt happier or healthier than when whatever change I make starts with something physical. Um mm-hmm. uh, Particularly, I mean, honestly, just the last couple of months, I've made some drastic changes that we talked about the coffee that opened up these doors to these other things. That that change allowed me to bring more physical activity into my life, which for me, most of it is managing my mental health. That mind-body connection is so often forgotten and so overlooked. And so many of the changes that I've made have come from the discipline of the physical activity. That has been the foundation of everything I've done. From there, I'm able to add the discipline of writing in a journal and just getting the thoughts out of my head and onto a place where then they can be organized and dealt with. From there, it's, you know, that's done. Let's read. Let's input. Let's learn some some more perspective. Let's what else can I do to, to up, up level my game here? And in addition to that, meditation. So all of that. <laughs> happened because I started moving my body which was just about creating a pattern of discipline. And the more that I that I read about this, the more that I understand the the whole concept of like the body is a temple always used to bug me like it just seemed like such a cliche thing, but it really has become sort of this thing where when I'm working out, when I'm showing up, when I'm when I'm holding myself to that discipline it becomes a spiritual experience. It becomes something more. It it opens me up mentally. It opens me up to new ideas. It makes me question everything that I'm doing. So to me, you know, if you're, if you're doing none of it, start there, just start by moving, just get out the door one way or another, do, do yoga videos in your living room, whatever, whatever it is that you will enjoy, that you will repeat every day, just do it because it has the power to change your life.
1: Do you think that the movement piece, you know, I I read a lot of research. I do a lot of studying on different things. And one thing that I'm really interested in now is um, muscle physiology and mm. the impact of muscle on our systemic health. Mm. Um, do you think when we're moving and, you know, when you're feeling these feelings and, you know, things are, are clicking and catching, do you think it's... um you know, you, you mentioned it as a spiritual thing. I'm trying to say this in a logical way. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the muscle performing and changing chemically? Do you think it's your sense of achievement? Is it a combination of both? It, it's it's hard to separate physiology, physiology and the mental piece for me when I'm trying to dissect a good health routine for somebody.
2: Yeah. I do think it's both. I, I, I just want to share a story quickly. One of our recent guests articulated this so well. She was talking about the idea of, again, starting by going for a walk, going outside and just taking a walk. And when you are out doing that, this primitive part of your brain kicks in where you are literally scanning back and forth for threats. You're looking for the mountain lion that's going to attack you. And when you don't find it, your brain releases dopamine. So what a better way to, to get that dopamine kick, you know, Rather than staring at Facebook for another half an hour, if you go take a walk, you get a better dopamine rush just by surviving the elements, right? Like taking a walk. And so there is a physiological part of it. Uh-huh. But then when you add to it, I don't normally do that. It, it, it's hard for me to make time for that. It's hard for me to make that a part of my routine. It's it's hard for me to own that as my identity. Then it's also a win. So then you're. it's just, I think that both pieces of it play together so well. Um, but but yeah, I think to to quickly answer your question, yes, I think it's both.
1: Zach, what about you? Do you find it yeah. a spiritual thing or do you find like the physiological change is what's really pushing you?
3: I find it a little bit of everything. So I think uh so again, this is for me and mm-hmm. you know We're talking is how about I,
1: individualizing, uh, right? So like exactly. everyone's different.
3: Um however, I think some of some of some of what works for me is is would work for other people because i feel like it's foundational so i i did i have done my my yoga teacher training so like i went through that whole 200 hour uh training bit and one of the things that always surprised me about yoga is that like yoga the physical movement of yoga that's not the goal the goal is to prepare your body to sit silently and have a spiritual moment right it's to get that body conditioned to do those things Um, but for me, like I, I, Jeremy said, I go to the gym first thing in the morning because that lights me up and, and it's not for everyone it works for me. But when you move your body, even if it's going for a walk, if you're, or going to the gym or doing a home exercise routine or doing yoga or doing anything like that, the movement of those muscles, it just creates this wonderful, um, recipe of chemicals in your brain right that sets you up for success for later on in the day and allows you to continue to build and continue to build and continue to build so for me it's a foundational piece of my spiritual journey um there are times when i'm pushing myself to my limits where i feel like it's a spiritual journey because i feel like i'm about to die <laughs> that's a little bit different but at the end of it you have you have that success you have that completion you have the 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 chemicals rolling around in your head, you've got the muscle fatigue that your body's going to go into recovery and burn calories. So, the food that you eat is really important. So, it's it's the foundation for me to have my spiritual moment. So, later on when I am meditating, when I'm taking that time to have a spiritual moment, I can't get there as easily if I didn't move my body in the ways that mm-hmm. Create that perfect environment for me to do it. If that makes sense,
1: it does. Now, I'm, I'm curious. You've got the formula. Both of you seem to have a formula down that works for you. Have you ever had setbacks?
3: Never, uh, never, since, not since, not once. Not once? half an hour ago, or <laughs> in the in the last ten seconds, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, to be real. Um, It's a constant negotiating, stepping back, moving forward. But what keeps you motivated?
2: Well, yeah, that's a good question. You want to go or shall I'll I? Go, I'll go. I mean, all right. I, lately, it's been literally the idea of tomorrow. Me is going to think th- today. Me. I mean, I had to say that this morning. I was standing in the gym where I did not want to be. I did not have time to be. But I you are time. not a gym man. That's coming I full don't like on it. through. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm getting better, but I did not want to be there. There were other things I wanted to do. I didn't feel like it. And I kept saying to myself, tomorrow, you're going to thank you. And so tomorrow can literally be tomorrow. Tomorrow can be me when I'm 75. And instead of struggling to move and tight joints and, you know, afraid to leave the house or whatever, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, I, if, if I'm going to stick around that long, I want to be functional. I want to be there for my kids and if they have kids and for my wife, like I, I want to be healthy enough to be able to enjoy it and not be suffering through it, through pain and discomfort and, and lack of uh, you know, a muscle and, and all the things that I'll need to be, uh, to be enjoying my life at that point. I just, I don't want the end of this to be full of pain and regret for the things that mm-hmm. I can't do. So I have to suffer a little bit now to make sure that I'm not suffering a lot. Then
1: I agree. Zach, same thing or different?
2: Yeah, mostly
3: the same thing. Um, I, I have, I've always, so I actually look at it a little bit in reverse too. So I have um, in my living room on my bookshelf where I see it every single day that I have a picture of myself. It's kind of weird. I have a picture of myself um, as an eight year old boy. And I look at that picture every single day and I talk to that kid and I say, you're going to make mistakes you're going to make wrong choices. And, you know, me today is paying for them. But I tell them every day, like, it's okay. You're going to get your stuff together eventually. And everything is okay. And I, whenever I do that, I imagine me today and 80 year old me looking back at a picture of me today going, Hey, thanks for making those right choices. Mm -hmm. Thanks for doing the things that are keeping me healthy because Um, so again, that picture of me as a boy just really leads me into the 80 year old man of me. Um, and to Jeremy's point, like your future self will thank you. And whenever I question whether or not I'm going to do something, I say I'm going to do, I really just say, you know what? There's no negotiation. You said you're going to do this. Just do it. Mm -hmm. No excuse. Go do it. And that doesn't work for everyone. I know that that that's a motivational technique that works for me. It works for Jeremy. But, you know, just remember you're, you're, you're making a deal with yourself and no one else is going to hold you accountable. So it's your job to hold yourself accountable for that 80 year old version of yourself. You I make think promises.
1: Everyone's, yeah. Everyone's got to find their why.
2: Yeah. Right? Well, and you make promises all the time to your friends. I'll, I'll give you a ride to the airport. I'll pick you up. I'll, I'll do it. And if you don't show up for them, what does that, how, do, how does that help the relationship? So if you can't show up for yourself and deliver on the promises you made to yourself, that's when that sort of spiritual part starts to break down because you suddenly don't trust yourself to make the right choices.
1: Well, I don't know about you guys. You sound like you're, you're getting close to figure. I don't think I'll ever have it figured out. So I think I'm just constantly <laughs> going to be trying to retool and regroup to figure things out and move forward. But um, if we can find joy in the journey, however you find that joy, I think is that's the ultimate. Okay. We don't want to be living life, looking ahead, trying to achieve goals. We want to be working to towards those goals on purpose paths that we have shoes on, not on the gravel barefoot one. Um, we just want to make life happy. But I think what you guys are doing, you know, bringing the reality into, into health and, and you know, opening yourselves up. I think it's great. It's been a pleasure having you both on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you so much. We enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, Thanks for having us.
1: Anytime. Anytime. You're welcome back. If you got a topic to talk about, you just let me know. Everybody will talk to you next week on The Health Hub.